What's up, everybody? Welcome to South Point. My name is Mark, and I am glad that you spent some, you're spending some of your time of your corona vacation with us, your isolation quarantine time. Thanks for joining us. Uh, hey, especially during this season, we realize, right, fellowship or connection with other people is really important. So I really want to encourage you to uh, fill out that connection card, whether this is your first time or you've been here many times, just to let us know that you're here. But more importantly, to let us know how we can connect with you, how we can pray for you, and how we can get you connected with some other people. We have great groups that are meeting online virtually. We've even started some new groups, and we would love to get you plugged in, get as many people as possible connected during this season. Hey, this is your first time with us. A special shout out to you. I'm really glad that you're joining us today. Here's what I want to do. We have plenty to worry about, don't we, right now? The, the future, the present, what's going to happen, all that kind of stuff. So for a moment, just for a moment, I want to kind of get us to think about the past and the specific moment in the past. So maybe you can close your eyes or keep your eyes open, whatever you would like to do there at home. Think about when you were a kid, a little kid, four, five, six years old maybe. Um, if you're a, a parent that has grown children, maybe you think about when your kids were little kids. Or if you're a little kid, you know, watching, younger, you don't have to think back a few years or a few months. <laughs> think back when you were a little kid. Think back to a specific moment when, when you were afraid, like really afraid. Maybe I think back to those like you're in a pool and you see the older kids or other kids jumping off the diving board or off the side of the pool and, and they're having a blast and you want to do it but you are so afraid there's no way you can do that right or you're at a playground and you're on the play, play set and somebody's going down the big slide or jumping off one of those little platforms instead of climbing down the net and it looks so much like so much fun but you're just afraid right you're so afraid and i remember that in my kids lives and and there were moments when i would say hey go for it trust daddy trust me I got you jump I'm not gonna let anything happen to you I'll catch you right and oftentimes they would jump you don't have to I mean can you think about one of those moments you don't have to think about when you're a kid I just think those are kind of those pronounced moments we can think back to but man I've had all kinds of those moments in my life I remember when I found out we were pregnant holy cow I mean I was excited but so scared when we got our first apartment and I had to pay for my own groceries, realize how much they cost, I didn't know if I could do that. Maybe I was gonna fail my family, there was fear. When my kids got sick for the first time or when they came home hurt from, you know, and they're crying and I, I was scared, right? I had to take them to the doctor and something that we didn't know was, gonna, was happening. I, I remember when um, my, my son moved to boot camp or my older son moved to Romania for a year, or when my daughter moved out to college, when my son and his wife had their, a baby, my grandson. I mean, all these are exciting, but they're also full of fear, right? Man, the day comes when my, my daughter comes home and says, I've got a, the guy that I want to marry. Woo! <laughs> That's going to be a tough one, man. I, I'm going to be excited, but I'm going to be afraid. When little Noli Poli, my grandson, you know, in the future, when he gets really hurt or sick, those are moments that fear comes in, right? And, and here's the difference. Now, maybe we know, like my kids now know that I'm not that biggest, baddest dad that can fix everything, solve everything, keep them from all harm. So what do we do in those moments? That's where it feels like kind of where we are. Listen, we, we don't need the coronavirus, this quarantine to worry, do we? We're professional worriers way before any of this happened. We were worrying about the government, politics, North Korea, economics. 
economy, all of that stuff before this. Matter of fact, man, shoot, a lot of you are worried about the Red Wings losing season and, and or your favorite sports team. A lot of you are worried about who's going to win the Bachelorette and your, your favorite character in your sitcom or TV show that you watch. I mean, we worry about our kids' future and educational future before schools shut down. We were worried about all kinds of things. But what do we do when worry comes on us? Like right now, it feels like we've just been punched in the face. Like we don't have any options. We're pretty accustomed to worry, aren't we? Matter of fact, we say things sometimes like, well, a little worry is not bad. There's good worry. There's, there's bad worry. I, I don't know if that's really true, though. What if there was a way to not worry? What if you didn't have to be overcome by, controlled by, enslaved by worry? What if you didn't have to be paralyzed by worry? What if you could be freed from it? Would that be, would you want that? I think so. And I think that it's possible. Not just possible, I think it's more than just possible. I think it's capable. You're capable of it. We can do this. And so that's what I want to talk about today. And it begins with this big idea right here. Replace worry with trust. Kind of like when you're a little kid, you trusted dad to jump, right? What do we trust now? Is there something we can trust in now? Here's what I want to do. I want to take a look at a one moment, a moment in this guy's life. His name is Peter. And um, Peter had chosen to trust, like, you know, being a fisherman. That was his profession. He chose to leave that behind, leave his family behind, and to, and to follow Jesus. So he's been following Jesus for quite some time. He's experienced Jesus do all kinds of crazy, amazing miracles. And now there's this one moment. He, he watches Jesus literally feed over 5,000 people with five loaves of bread and two fish. Like, um, one of the most amazing miracles. And right after that moment... Peter comes into this experience where he has to decide what he's going to choose, trust or worry. It's pretty powerful. It's found in Matthew chapter 14. If you have a Bible or a Bible app, I'd love for you to open up to it. The words are going to be on the screen, and we're going to pick up in verse 22. Immediately, Jesus made the, made the disciples get into the boat and go on ahead of him to the other side while he dismissed the crowd. So again, this is right after feeding over 5,000 people, this miraculous event. After he had dismissed them, he went up on the mountainside by himself to pray. So Jesus is by himself while the disciples are on the boat. Later that night, he was there alone. And the boat was already a considerable distance from the land, buffeted by the waves because the wind was against it. Shortly before dawn, Jesus went out to them, walking on the lake. So this is still dark, right? Before, before the sun's come out, they're probably groggy. And he literally is walking on water. I, it's impossible, right? And yet he's doing that. What happens? When the disciples saw him walking on the lake, they were terrified. I mean, come on, don't, don't, get too, don't judge them or something. Like, what would you think if you saw somebody walking on water? I, I don't know, but terrified might be one of my responses. They said it's a ghost because they had no clue. And then they cried out in fear. Jesus immediately said to them, take courage. It is I. Don't be afraid. Notice he doesn't say his name. Hey, guys, it's Jesus. <laughs> He just says, it's me, like, like he knew they would know him by his voice. And he says, take courage. That could be, man up, guys, come on. Or it could be, hey, don't be afraid. I got this. I'm here with you. Either way, Peter wants a little bit more identification, verification. And so he asked him, Lord, if it's you, tell me to come to, come to you on the water. I don't know if Peter really thought through that. Maybe it just kind of came out. I don't know, but that's what I'm thinking because I don't think he was ready for what Jesus was about to respond. I mean, he could have just said, hey, tell me the last four of your social, Jesus, right? <laughs> or your mother's maiden name, anything just to get the identi his identity. But he says, tell me to come walk on the water with you. And Jesus says, come. 
oh snap. <laughs> like, I don't think he was ready for that response. Like, no, that, no, 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 sorry. My bad, Jesus, my bad. That's, that's not what I meant. I, I just meant, hey, is this you? So what does he do? Peter got down out of the boat, walked on the water, came toward Jesus. But when he saw the wind, he was afraid. And beginning to sink, cried out, Lord, save me. Immediately Jesus reached out his hand and caught him. You have little faith, he said. Why did you doubt? And when they climbed into the boat, the wind died down. Then those who were in the boat worshipped him, saying, Truly you are the Son of God. It's a pretty powerful moment. It takes me back to that moment when your dad said, Hey, trust me, you can jump. Listen, some people say Peter was impetuous. I don't think he was. He was impetuous. He had walked. He had done his homework. He had seen Jesus do the impossible, do miraculous. And he didn't jump out of the boat until when? Until Jesus said, come. But when he heard Jesus' voice and he said, come, Peter chose to trust him and do exactly what Jesus asked him to do, even when it seemed impossible. Trust me, buddy. I got you. Just like at the pool or the playground with your dad. And I think that's where we are. This ghost this uncertain time, these things in life, the truth of life hit us sometimes, like storms or like ghosts or like uncertain things that we didn't see coming. And it feels like we, are, we don't have a choice but to worry, that we're forced into this prison cell. That it's a battle in our minds, right? This worry goes in our mind and we're, we're battling against these enemies that we don't even know. And in this world where it tells us all kinds of things that aren't really true. And so it's a tough battle. Worry begins to take over. And the truth is, it may feel like we're in a prison cell, but we have the keys. We're the ones who put ourselves in it, and we can get out at any time. But worry tells us different things in our head. They aren't true. So here's the deal. We come into contact with the truth of life. But in these moments, we have a choice to choose trust or worry. So, so in other truth is you lost a job. Truth is you're lonely. Truth is, your marriage may be in trouble. Truth is, these are the things that are happening. You're concerned about them. You have these questions about what if. You don't know what you're going to do. You're trying to decide what to do. Those are all true. But worry says something different. Worry says you're a loser. Worry says you're worthless. Worry says there is no hope. There's no light at the end of the tunnel. You're done. And you've ruined not just your life, but everybody's lives around you. Worry begins to tell you things that aren't true. And it's all here, and you feel like you're a hostage, but you're not. So, let me ask you something. Have you realized that you've been trusting something that didn't help you in this season? Trusting your finances, trusting your career, trusting your, your good looks or your talent or your relationships or your family, your friends, your, uh, trusting in something that didn't help you? And now you're realizing, wow, I, I don't know how to face these things. I don't know how to overcome worry. Do you want to jump out of that boat of worry, out of fear? Well, that's what I want to help you with. And Jesus gives us some powerful truth to combat the false lies that worry tells us in our head. And it's found in Matthew 6, begins in verse 25. Listen to this. Therefore, I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or drink, or about your body, what you will wear. Is not life more important than food and the body more important than clothes. Listen, when, when bad stuff in life happens, it forces me to, to remind myself that I'm not as big of a deal as I thought it was. Like, you know, we start thinking life is all about us. It revolves around us. I deserve that job. I deserve those grades. I deserve that girl. I, 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 I'm owed all of these things. Like, I need that. I want that, and I should have that. If, I'm, if I parent this way, my kids would never, right? If I treat my parents this way, they would never. 
and yet it happens. Or I don't get what I thought I deserved. And when things like that happen, we have a choice. We, we trust, trust, we have something to trust, or we worry. worry. Worry about what we don't have, or trust that there is someone, that it's not all about me, that God isn't all about me and getting me what I want, but He does know what I need. Right? He goes on and says this, Look at the birds of the air. They do not sow or reap or store away in barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not much more valuable than they? Who of you by worrying can add a single hour to his life? In these moments, we realize, wow, we realize we're not in control. You've been planning your calendars, your career, your meetings to get what you think you wanted, to accomplish what you wanted. And you thought that if you do all the things the right way, that you'll get that job, you'll get that girl, you'll get those grades, you'll get the win. But then all of a sudden you don't get it. What happens? Same thing. We're forced to realize that I'm not in control. And, and we have to choose. Trust or worry. Worry tells us that I'm all alone. Nobody cares about me. God doesn't care about me. He's left me. I'm by myself. Or trust that my Heavenly Father does care about me. And he knows what's best for me, and he's actively working for my best. And for my best, he goes on again, and he says, "But seek his, seek first his kingdom, and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own." The other thing that we're reminded in these seasons or these moments when an unknown life hits us really hard is that we're not as independent as we thought. Maybe you've always been thinking that you just need to be tough enough, smart enough, loving enough, good enough, um, tough enough to take care of everything, to handle every situation that's going to come at you. You've got to hold it together for everybody else around you. Like those people need help, but not me. I'll take care of my family. I'll take care of my finances. I'll take care of my kids and my spouse. But then you realize you can't. You weren't big enough or bad enough or good enough. And if it's all up to us, man, we're going to worry. Of course we're going to worry. And we're going to be turning and tossing all night long. And our stomachs are going to be in knots. We're going to get ulcers. We're going to get high blood pressure, biting our nails, all kinds of things, right? And worry also, come on, let's, let's face it, it makes us less patient. <laughs> it makes us less loving. It makes us less fun to be around. I mean, my goodness, we are not fun people to be around. I am not a fun person to be around when I am worrying. It's tough to be around somebody. Why? Because worry has captured us. It's, it's taken us hostage. And we're, we're living in this world that doesn't really exist. We feel like we can't do anything. But it's not up to us. That's what Jesus says. It's not up to you. Jesus has got your back. He says, you don't have to worry about tomorrow. Why? He says, focus on me first, and I will take care of what you need. You can choose to trust that God's got your back. Or worry, which means you'll live like you don't have anybody on your side. That it's all up to you. So, let me ask you a question. Are you ready to get out of that boat? Are you ready to choose trust over worry? Well, here's three statements or phrases that I really think are going to be helpful. And it's, I want you to say these, but more than just say them on a regular basis, especially during the season, but for the rest of your life, these are three things that we can live by that will point us and help us be able to replace worry with trust. You ready? Here we go. Here's statement or phrase number one. I will do what God asked me to do. Repeat. Okay, say it with me. Here we go. I will do what God asks me to do. Here, worry wants to make us think about what am I going to do all the time. My marriage is jacked up. It's messed up. I'm afraid it's going to fail. What am I going to do? 
my, my daughter or my son is struggling. I think they may be in the drugs or depressed and I don't know how to help them. What am I going to do? My job, I lost my job and I don't, I don't know how I'm going to overcome this. What am I going to do? Kids at school or my friends are laughing at me or that boyfriend dumped me. What am I going to do? We get so worried about what am I going to do, like a future thing, like unknown, that we forget to do what God has already asked me to do. So let's say you lost a job, right? Instead of worrying, sitting at home just worrying about, like, I don't know what I'm going to do, start saying, I'm going to do what God asked me to do. I'm going to spend time in God's Word every day. I'm going to pray with Him, right? I'm going to spend time with God. I'm going to love those around me. God says to be wise with my finances, so I'm not going to spend money that I don't have, right? I'm going to go out and do what I can do to get a job. I'm going to be generous with other people because those are the things that God has asked me to do. I'm going to be faithful and obedient in what I do know. We're stuck at home with each other for three weeks, right? What am I going to do? That's what worry begins to tell us. But as a parent, as a kid, as anybody, whoever you're going through this right now, listen, instead of saying, what am I going to do? Say, I'm going to do what God asked me to do. I'm going to make sure I spend time with God today. I'm going to make sure that I'm growing closer to Him. I'm going to love the people around me. I'm going to treat one another the way that God would treated me. These are the things that I can do. I'm going to plan. I'm going to plan accordingly and get the supplies that I need, that I can get. But I'm going to do the things that God already has asked me to do. There's all kinds of uncertain things, uncertainty in life, but there's lots of things that you already know that God has asked you to do. He says this, God says this in His Word, James chapter 1, 22, Do not merely listen to the Word and so deceive yourselves, but do what it says. Hey, we got to move from what am I going to do to I'm going to do what God asked me to do. Do the things you know during this, any of these seasons. So, they're all, um, second phrase. Here's the second phrase. I will give God what I cannot do. Let's say it together. I will give God what I cannot do. Here's the deal. Worry, when I begin to worry, what I'm truly doing is saying that I can do this better than God. Like, I don't think he's big enough. Or I don't think he's smart enough. I, I think you should have done it differently, God. Which means I really don't trust him. Now, sometimes we give it to God, say, hey, here you go, God, I'll give this to you. But then we quickly take it back because he didn't work on our timeline or didn't accomplish it the way that I thought he should, right? See, again, it's us, our, our perspective, our view on God. So we need to change the way that we see God because God isn't too small. We just are worrying instead of trusting him. So I want to ask you a, a few questions. And it's just yes or no questions. So there at home, answer these yes or no. You ready? Here we go. Can you protect your kids or kids? Can you protect your parents from all danger? Yes or no? Can you make sure you will always have enough money to get by? Can you guarantee people at school will like you or be nice to you? Can you change your spouse? <laughs> so, some of you paused on that one. I saw you. Listen, the correct answer is no. You can't change anybody. What about this? Can you cure cancer? Yes or no? Now, you know the answer to all those. No, you, you can't guarantee those things. But what about God? If we flip the question and ask, is there anything impossible for God? Let's change the questions and say them like this or ask them like this. Can God protect your children from all danger? Can God make sure that you have enough money? Can God change your spouse? Can God change? I mean, cure cancer or all kinds of diseases. Yes, 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 and yes. Right? There's nothing impossible for God. God can do anything except fail you. Listen to what God's Word says in Philippians 4. Do not be anxious. Anxious about what? Anything. 
Yes, anything includes the thing you were worried about last night and the thing that you're worried about right now. But in everything, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, do what? It says present. Present your request to God and the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Maybe the reason we're not experiencing this kind of peace is because we haven't given it to God. We haven't trusted Him. So we've allowed our hearts and our minds to be unguarded. And so we're worried instead of giving them over the things that we cannot do. We go down that what-if trail so far. Instead of going down that trail, what if we give God our what-ifs? God, here you go. You take these. I give them to you. They're in your care now. So today could be the day that God breaks you free from worry and turns it into a prayer of trust. You can pray something like this. God, I'm worried about something that I cannot do, but I trust you, so I'm giving you my what-ifs. I'm giving you these unknowns because I know that there is nothing impossible for you. I trust you, so now they are in your care. They're yours. Give God what you cannot do. And as you immerse yourself in Scripture and His Word over more and more every day, you're going to begin to be renewed in your mind and you'll, be, you'll start thinking faith thoughts instead of fear thoughts because now you know what God is capable of. You can trust Him. So you can choose trust over worry because I can do what God asked me to do and I can give to God what I cannot do. Here's the third phrase. You ready? It's no matter what, I will choose to believe that God will not let me down. Say it with me. No matter what, I will choose to believe that God will not let me down. The no matter what part is super important. Because listen, yes, God, we know that God can protect your children from everything. But that doesn't guarantee you that He will. God can ensure that you have finances, enough money in every season. God can change your spouse. God can cure cancer and all kinds of diseases and sickness. But that doesn't mean that He will. What if He doesn't? Does that mean that He's failed us? No. It doesn't mean that He's failed us. That's not what we were promised. Listen, no matter what is really important. Because... No matter how much faith you have, you're not always going to be healed. We're not promised to be taken away from every pain in this life, but we are promised that God will go through with us and that He is bigger than. I can point to people in my life and in this church that have been sick and are feeling pain and all kinds of problems daily, and they've prayed over and over, and yet they haven't exactly experienced healing yet. God cannot fail us. He can do anything but fail So that means that no matter what God does or does not do about the worries that I have right now, He won't fail me. That's a promise. That's a truth. Do I trust Him for that? Do you trust Him for that? God will not make a bad decision. God will not choose the wrong thing for you. He loves you. Hear this. Hear this. This is so important. No matter what, we can trust Him. And as you walk with Him over a period of time, you begin to experience that faithfulness and now it's easier to trust Him because I've seen the miracles. Like Peter, I've seen what He has done. And so when He says, come, do this, I can choose trust because I know Him. So yes, you can live a life without worry. God wants you to live a life without worry. You can choose trust over worry. You don't have to know everything, but you do need to know the one. You don't have to know the reasons and the outcomes, but you do need to know the one that you can trust for this big idea. 
to replace worry with trust. And listen, I don't know what you're worried about today, what you were worried about last night, or what you're going to be worried, worried about tomorrow. I, I, but I, I can tell you, listen, you don't have to stay enslaved to worry. You don't have to be a hostage to worry. You don't have to be in that prison cell of worry anymore. The keys, you have the keys and you've already been rescued from it. Proverbs 3, 5-6 through 6 tells us this. It says it like this. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding, but in all your ways acknowledge Him and He will make your path straight. It's like saying, trust me, buddy. I, I got this. Right? He's got this. Will you please say those three phrases with me one more time. I will do what God asks me to do. I will give God what I cannot do. And no matter what, I choose to believe that God will not let me down. So what about right now? Are you ready to trust, to choose trust over worry? It begins with trusting Jesus. He says He's come to set you free from your sin. So what about you? You want to get rid of worry, replace it with trust? It begins with saying yes to Jesus. You don't have to know all the answers, um, but you got to know the one who's able to overcome, to get you out of this mess, right? So Jesus says that He came and lived a perfect life, died on a cross to remove our sins from us. You can't take your sins away. You can't change the past, right? Jesus says He can. He can remove those sins away from you and bring you to a place where you are at peace with God, right before God. That's called repentance. And when we say yes to Jesus, I'm not going to follow my way anymore. I'll follow you. And then we follow up with baptism. And when we come up out of those waters, Jesus says that he, he removes our sin from us. And we are given the gift of the Holy Spirit, which is God living with us. It's powerful. We'll never be alone again. Plus, we have the eternal hope that we will be forever with Him in heaven. It's not something that affects us just in the future. It changes me today. I can choose trust now over worry because I'm right with God. So, are you ready to make a decision for Jesus? If you are, please text us. Text the word decision to the number that's on the screen. Let us know. Maybe you're ready to take that next step and be baptized. Maybe it's to join the church or for prayer. Just text us and we will reach out to you, talk to you, uh, help you make that next step, that decision for Jesus. It's like Jesus right now is saying, just like to Peter, come. Are you ready to, to jump out of the boat? Or like at the pool, are you ready to jump off the diving board or off the playground? Jesus is saying, trust me, I got this. That's our prayer for you, that you would be able to choose trust over worry and find hope during this season for the rest of your life.